the way Svelvet is made, it handles a lot of the state of the nodes and edges themselves behind the scenes. For example, each the state of each node will have like its position, as well as all the information in terms of its customization and, and text. So for example, if you're dragging around a node, it's updating the state of, of the nodes and also the edges that are connecting that node. And so that is you know, specific to Svelte. Uh, so if you had like a React application or a vanilla JavaScript application, that might be a bit differently. And in terms of like integrating it with your application, we actually haven't seen many use cases of connecting state of other parts of the application because it kind of has like it's a standalone store behind Svelvet. But that's uh, something we'd, we'd like to see more of in terms of different use cases there. Hello and welcome to PodRocket. Today I'm here with Andrew Ujaya, who is a software engineer at GatherRound and a co-creator of Svelvet. How are you, Andrew? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. And really excited to learn about some of your work. So maybe we could jump right in and talk about Svelvet. Maybe give us a quick overview. Like, what is Svelvet? How does it help developers build great apps? Of course. Uh, so Svelvet is a component library built for Svelte applications. So let's say you're a Svelte developer that wants to render a flowchart displaying some like user or logic flow. And you want that flowchart to look good and be interactive. You know, you can mess with, or you can mess around with a lot of CSS yourself to build it out, or try another tool like D3, which can, can be a beast in itself for a lot of people. Um, and so, Svelvet, on the other hand, is a simple tool that will render a nice-looking, customizable, and interactive diagram with very little effort. So it isn't designed to have the most functionality, but in many use cases where you don't want to use like a data visualization tool uh, that can be complicated, it's pretty perfect for that. Got it. And so essentially it's built for Svelte and maybe give us a quick reminder, what is Svelte? I know it's like pretty popular nowadays, but I bet some people have not checked it out yet. So just remind us like what, what is Svelte in the first place? Sure. Yeah, so Svelte is a front-end framework slash compiler. Uh, a lot of developers are familiar with React, Vue, and Angular. So Svelte is kind of a, the cool new, ki- new kid on the block that uh, a lot of developers like to use. It just hasn't you know, reached a, a large audience in the actual industry and uh, professional development. Um, so a lot of the tooling ecosystem is uh, not as robust as, say, React. Um, but in terms of developer experience, how it works, the performance, it's a, a pretty pretty great tool to use for front-end development. Enjoying the podcast? Consider hitting that follow button for more great episodes. So you just released the 2.0 version of Svelvet uh, in July. So can you walk us through some of the new features and things folks can get excited about there? Yeah, so most of the new features were addressing customizability. So on the nodes, you can choose you know, where the edges are anchored before it was just top and bottom. You can also now render images within the nodes. 
the edges can have different types, like a straight line, if you want a Bezier curve or a step curve. And kind of one of the bigger uh, changes with that release, and even a, a more recent release, was a REPL playground that was added to the docs website, which is really nice in letting the devs play around with it first and build their diagram. You know, no need to spin up a Svelte application or even install Svelvit. This playground is ready to go. You can just build a diagram, copy-paste it into your app, and it's done. And we recently made it even easier to use REPL, actually, with a contextual menu where you can customize and add new nodes and edges just with a couple of mouse clicks. And kind of the nice thing about that is people outside of the engineering team can build, um, can kind of build out their own diagram and then it produces the code for them. And then maybe they can just send it over to their dev saying, hey, can you throw this on the website or make some edits that way? Uh, so it, it makes it a lot easier for people to just play around with it, create it, and then they can just export out their the, the code that it produces. And I'm curious, like, what made you want to jump in and build Svelvit? Like, did you have a project where you wanted to do flowcharts and there was no easy way to do it? Or, you know, what was the kind of genesis moment? Sure. So my, it, so there was no actual need for myself to build flowcharts. It was, so when coming up with the idea for Svelvit, my team and I were really looking, just looking to the developer community to figure out what people were asking for in an open source product. And we figured that since Svelte is a relatively new new front-end technology, you know, it wouldn't have as robust of a tooling ecosystem, like I mentioned earlier, I say, you know, React. And, you know, we we're doing some user research and we happened to see a common thread somewhere where devs were wanting a tool to easily create flow diagrams specifically for Svelte. Uh, much like how React has React Flow, uh, which is another tool. And so, you know, the other option would be to use you know, a vanilla JavaScript flowchart library, which can add some complexity when trying to integrate it with the rest of your Svelte application if you want it to, you know, manage state the same way, talk to each other. So that's pretty much what led us to creating Svelvit. And Help me understand, like, what does it look like to use Velvet? I have an existing Svelte app. Um, how does things like state and styling and some of the other kind of nitty-gritty of using the product or using the tool work? So Svelvit is an NPM package, so you can simply install it as a dependency, import it into your, you know, your code, uh, and use the Svelvit component itself. You can use it like any other component. And you just need to provide the Svelvit component with two props, which is nodes and edges, both, both of which are arrays containing objects corresponding to each node and edge. So to clarify, the node would just be like the box in a flowchart. The edge would be the connecting lines between the, the nodes. And in our docs, we provide simple examples of what that looks like. That's, and that's all you really need to provide to the component. And then it'll render a nice looking flow diagram that's already interactive. And in terms of integrating state with the rest of the app, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not super familiar with how state works generally in Svelte, but give us a bit more context there on like, how do I tie in other state in my app with like the flowchart and like, what is the schema of state for a flowchart? 
the waist velvet is made, it handles a lot of the state of the nodes and edges themselves behind the scenes. Uh, so for example, each the state of each node will have like its position, uh, as well as all the information in terms of its customization and, and text. So for example, if you're dragging around a node, it's updating the state of um, of the nodes and also the edge edges that are connecting that node. And so that is you know specific to Svelte. Uh, so if you had like a React application or a um, vanilla JavaScript application, that might be a bit differently. And in terms of like integrating it with your application, um, we actually haven't seen many use cases of connecting state of um, other parts of the application because it kind of has like it's a standalone uh, store behind Svelvit. Um, but that's uh, something we'd, we'd like to see more of in terms of different, different use cases there. Yeah. It's Emily again, producer for PodRocket, and I want to talk to you. Yeah, you, the person who's listening but won't stop talking about your new favorite front-end framework to your friends, even though they don't want to hear about it anymore. Well, I do want to hear about it because you're really important to us as a listener. So what do you think of PodRocket? What do you like best? What do you absolutely hate? What's the one thing in the entire world that you want to hear about? Edge computing? Weird little component libraries? How to become a productive developer when your Wi-Fi is out? I don't know, and that's the point. If you get in contact with us, you can rant about how we haven't had your favorite dev advocate on or tell us we're doing great, whatever. And if you do, we'll give you a $25 gift card. That's pretty sweet, right? So reach out to us. Links are in the description. $25 gift card. What does the future of Svelvit look like? Um, like, or I guess maybe even a question before that, like, is Svelvit in production or is it um, you know, something ready for folks to use or still um, in like a pre 1.0? Um, so that's question number one. And two, what does the future look like and what are you excited about on the roadmap? So it is, it is ready uh, to use. Anyone can use it. Uh, we released the initial version back in June. I believe, uh, and kind of the the future of it is so it was developed under this tech accelerator called OS Labs, and at first when we were developing it and our initial release, it was technically under a beta, uh, where we were kind of just testing it out, seeing if people were interested in this product, and so that was when uh, my team and I created it and released it, and then it got. Um, uh, you know, a lot of positive at uh, attention, got pretty popular, uh, rel relatively successful. And so OS Labs decided to take it out of beta and maintain it full time, add more uh, contributors to it. And so the future, kind of the short term future of Silva is really addressing common feature requests, considering uh, other use cases for customizability, improving test coverage. Um, really just setting it up for future contributors to be able to easily uh, contribute. And one of the main features that would be great to implement soon, I think, would be to allow HTML elements or like any HTML element or Svelte component 
to be rendered within a node. I feel like this would really open the doors for what devs can can really do with these flow diagrams, like making subflow diagrams, integrating more parts of their application into the diagram. Uh, because right now it's limited to just text and images, which is great already, but uh, I feel like having more options can really open the doors for, for developers. And um, yeah, excited to see what uh, OS Labs and the other contributors will will add to Svelvit in the future. So you mentioned before um, React Flow was maybe something that inspired you. Um, help me understand, like, with Svelvit, how similar is Svelvit to React Flow? Obviously, React Flow is for React, and this is for Svelte, but, like, in terms of, like, the flow charts that are produced, in terms of the APIs, like, what's similar and maybe where did you choose to diverge from um, the, the model of React Flow? So in terms of the functionality, we, we base it highly off of React Flow. And so we, at first, the idea was just making a Svelte React, uh, version of React Flow. And so that's essentially what the, that's, that's essentially what it is. It, the, the divergence came when we were actually building it out because React Flow is built in React. Um, Svelte is built in Svelte. And the way the two uh, front-end frameworks handle, you know, state and the whole syntax of everything and the, and the architecture of uh, and the layout of everything is very different. So we kind of just built it from scratch and used it as, used React Flow as kind of a guide of what we're trying to achieve in terms of features. Uh, React Flow definitely is, uh, it's been around longer, a lot of, the, the, there's a great team working on it, so they have a lot more features than what Svelvit has currently. But that's kind of the goal. That's kind of the, the the benchmark that we're trying to to hit in terms of functionality. Um, but yeah, really, the the the, the difference is, is in the implementation of of the actual components themselves. And I imagine for something like a flowchart, it must be more difficult or just like a different set of problems for mobile. So curious, like any kind of uh, interesting uh, engineering you had to do to like make the flowcharts work well on mobile? Yeah, so I think the main part was just the difference between a click and like a tap on a, on a you know, mobile screen. Uh, when we first released it, we hadn't uh, anticipated people dragging on mobile, which you know we should have thought about in the beginning. But we basically had mouse event, you know, click listeners uh, in our code handling the drag and drop features. So to make sure it also works on mobile, we had to take that into consideration as well. The, the whole pointer being, um, you know, being, being done via mobile. So I'd be curious to hear about some cool use cases you've seen of folks using Svelvit in the wild. Um, anything that comes to mind in terms of like cool uses of flowcharts for database? I think uh, one one of the ones that come to mind because I've seen it most recently was that I saw someone using it to display the logic flow of a game that they made. Um, and then other use cases that come to mind are uh, just showing the user flow of an application. Uh, so if you if a developer has an application and then they want to show it for, you know, cross-functional purposes or just to show their users the flow of their app, uh, I've seen that as well. 
other use cases. There, there are many use cases of flow diagrams in general. You can show HR organizational charts, operational procedures of a company, business planning. So yeah, those are, those are what come to mind. Great. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great learning about Solvit. Um, we will put a link in the episode description for anyone that's interested in learning more. Um, but from your perspective, Andrew, anything you'd recommend for folks out there um, who are interested or maybe want to contribute as well? Yeah, they can just check out our, our GitHub page and we have details on certain features that you know we'd like to have implemented next. Uh, it's pretty simple. You can uh, even contact uh, some of the core team members and we can work from there. Well, thanks again, Andrew. Great. Thanks so much, Ben. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for PodRocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts.